This is the John Oakley Show podcast. However, there's another Quebec story that we need to pay attention to. Uh, Maxime Bernier with the People's Party of Canada pledging to build a fence at Roxham Road where migrants are streaming across the border and uh, they're actually being aided and abetted by the Mounties who are carrying their luggage. Anthony Fury has weighed in on that one. He's actually called for this as well as Maxime Bernier. So uh, they're fellow travelers of alike. Anthony Fury, Sun Papers <laughs> National Columnist. How you doing this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing great. Always great to see you, John. The, the city's just fantastic right now. Is it? Really? This time of year, the people, the weather and so forth. I don't know what they're doing politics-wise, but I'm just saying I love Toronto. That's <laughs> no, all. it is. It's uh, really, I mean, I went to the ball game last night and coming out of the stadium yeah there's a mass of humanity around there and there's a vibrancy you know the ripley's uh aquarium and cn tower and everything i mean it's almost like you say to yourself geez you don't have to go very far you can be a tourist in your own town there's a lot to see and do in the city you know i'm feeling a big softy because after canada day i always get pretty you know pretty misty eyed about my country and all the people in it and yeah great stuff all a great the, summer to tour around Canada. You got it. Uh, all the people coming into the country at Roxham uh-huh. Road. <laughs> Ask me, uh, or tell me rather, uh, about this uh, idea that Maxime Bernier is pledging to build a fence at Roxham Road. Uh, you suggested as much yourself, didn't you? Well, yeah, I wrote a piece last April, so so 15 months ago or so, and I, I'm glad to see Maxime Bernier pick up on the idea. And I, I do a pretty detailed look at you know how we could make this happen and, and where and what it would be. And I provocatively, of course, put in the headline, well, you you know, build a wall and so forth, but, but but it's not a wall. So what we have is the Roxham Road border. Is It's two streets on either side of, of Canada and the U.S. They meet, but they don't fully, it's not a through street. So they have, they don't even have concrete blocks there. They just turn it into grass for a good 20 yards to make it clear, uh-uh, this ain't a through street. This is the border. And there's a very small sign that says, do not cross here. That was a couple years ago. And you can go on the Google Maps and you can see how it looks like. You know, okay, it's just not much going on here. Now, of course, they've made it something of this quasi-permanent crossing because the government doesn't know what to do with the fact that people are deciding they're going to cross anyway. So they've turned it into an unofficial port of entry. And it's this weird kabuki theater where the RCMP have big signs up saying, stop, do not enter. And they'll even tell you, don't cross. And then the moment you step across, you say, oh, bienvenue to Canada. Welcome. How may I help you? So these people are getting really mixed signals. And we know there are there are both sort of activist refugee groups that want to help them go there. And there are also human trafficking groups that are saying, give me 500 bucks and I'll take you there and so forth. We've, we've documented that people get off the planes at JFK and, and go directly up to there. So uh, they're not sort of in the U.S. being persecuted by Donald Trump and then finally saying, I've had enough. I got to flee to Canada. It's 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 very much a planned operation. And I'm not even sure if some of these people fully understand that they are not supposed to do this because there's been a whole bunch of mixed signals. So I propose that, hey, look, we've got five kilometers to one side and five kilometers to another. We actually have two official border crossings. One's called Hemingford, one's called Lacole. I say, why don't we temporarily erect a fence in that 10 kilometer stretch there that would basically shut down this border crossing to to send the firm signal. Don't do this because you know, John, if people just see, okay, there's this trodden path and there's two roads, like, there's this little sign, it says stop, array, but I don't speak French, I don't speak English, I don't really know what this is saying. Okay, I'll just come across because I read on a blog that Justin Trudeau said, welcome to Canada. So I, I do have a hard time sometimes blaming these folks. You put up a fence, 
That's that's a pretty you know multilingual thing. It's saying don't you know don't mm. come over here, mm-hmm. and then it diverts them. If you want to follow the fence to either logical conclusion, you're going to get to the two official border crossings. Now right. I, I don't know how much this would actually succeed. I mean, if people are going to physically jump over the fence, then you go okay. They they kind of know more that they're doing some wrongdoing. Maybe they'll just find another place to cross uh, illegally along that New York border there. And if they do, the interesting thing is the migration patterns will change, and we can we can get in from the ground floor. The Canadian government and, and the various officials with the department and pay attention to who's doing this messaging, who's sort of trafficking that direction, and hopefully sort of change this because it's just not good, John. I mean, the numbers have gone down since they were at their peak the other year, but we're still looking at well over a thousand people entering Canada legally every month. And, and we don't want it to get worse because the U.S., they're tearing themselves apart over, over this illegal immigration issue. Very acrimonious. So, so we got to deal with it. Well, what do you make of the sheer proposal to uh, make every crossing an official one uh, de facto uh, so that, you know, you have to be processed in in terms of uh, at least as you might be at an official border crossing. Does that make sense to you? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't. They talk a lot about the third-party agreement and suspending it and so forth. I, I mean, the challenge there is if you still have a system where people are just wanting to willy-nilly cross on their own terms, they might still continue to do that, uh, and then they're going to get themselves into a completely unidentified illegal immigration system. I mean, right now they cross illegally, but then they get inputted into the system and they get their government benefits and so forth. But in the United States, they have people, some people who do it that way, other people who just by night, you know, run into the country and uh, and disappear and they're not tracked on anything. So, I, I mean, that is part of the toolkit. And I think it's the right direction to head in. But uh, part of the challenge is the, the physical crossing is still a big no-no and you want to deal with that. Bernie, are you going to get any traction on this? I mean, is he getting any traction anyway? I don't think he is. He's in the very low single digits. You know, you're pulling 3%, the margin of error is 3%. So it's not a good good position to be in. But kind of interestingly enough, and I noticed he said this at his, at his press conference, was that uh, this is an issue that he's sort of, with, the Canadians are with him on this. And the polls are showing that a lot. I mean, immigration, integration issues, people have very common sense uh, views about, look, you know, immigration's fine, but we got to do it legally. We got to have integration and all of that. Uh, so he's he's on the same page as all of that. Andrew Shear put out an immigration platform where he said similar things, but he doesn't want to construct the fence. So he's kind of similar on that. And then Trudeau, he's not really touching this at all. So it's kind of interesting to me that immigration is a mainstream issue. And the vast majority of Canadians have, I guess you call it the more conservative mindset, but people don't want to touch it. Again, with Anthony Fury, Sun Paper's national columnist. The other thing, foreign relations have become a big ticket item as well. Uh, I'm sure that will resonate. Look, uh, the trade thing with Trump notwithstanding, but, uh, you know, if you want to talk economics, some people have really gotten granular on that and show that we're uh, really not going to be big-time beneficiaries from how that went down. It's the China thing that I think is looming large in the upcoming election. Uh, You write that Canada needs a real China strategy. This is an item for tomorrow's paper, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's on the website at torontosun.com right now, John. And one thing that's interesting, I just learned about it, actually. The other month, Donald Trump convened uh, this committee that there's, it's a special committee, and there's only been three of them previously. One of them was created by Harry Truman in 1950 to deal with the Cold War, develop a real cohesive philosophical strategy. And then they did another one in the 70s that was sort of like part two Cold War one. George W. Bush got one going in 2004 to deal with the war on terror. It's called the Committee on the Present Danger. So you bring forth the best scholars, the former diplomats, uh, the, all, all the different government minds, former politicians, and you get 20, 30 people in a room and you say, okay, guys, 
what's our real cohesive strategy and philosophy to deal with this problem, that problem, and so on. Donald Trump has just convened one for China. So you sit down, and you're not taking it as it comes, willy-nilly, day by day. You go, what is the problem? Let's articulate it. Where do we want to head as a country with this issue? What are the steps forward to do that? Because right now, how the China file seems to happen in Canada is they do stuff to us. We take the shots. We grumble, oh, I don't really like that. And then we go, well, what do we do about it? And we kind of grumble about it. And then before we even get back on our feet, they've given us another shot. I mean, we're really against the ropes in all of this. And the problem is it doesn't even seem like we have a plan here. I mean, where does the prime minister want to take us in all of this? It's very unclear. And I think we need a firm China policy. I don't know if it's doing something like Trump is doing, although I don't know if you saw the reports in The Globe. They're saying the former ambassadors to China are getting phone calls from the government saying, stop talking about this stuff on on things like, you know, radio and TV programs. And so and I think that's the opposite. They got to bring these guys into the fold and and tap their knowledge. Well, yeah, they uh, told David Mulroney, uh, who I guess used to be the ambassador, if you want to make a comment publicly, uh, vet it through us first. Yeah, I, mean, so. I think it's the opposite. I think if they want to make a comment on it, they should vet it through David Mulroney. Mm. So uh, they're trying to control the messenger and make sure that everybody's sort of singing from the same hymn sheet. And what is the message and what is the hymn sheet? That's what I'm saying. Go cons- go construct the message, get the best people in the room, get David Mulroney in on it and everyone and figure out what you want to do and how you want to tackle all of this. But it seems like there's just no policy, no strategy in place, period. Well, with our hostages there, do you think maybe the strategy or policy is try to keep everything on the down low and uh, muted so as not to exacerbate the situation or embarrass the Chinese? Well, I, I think there's a part of that that's going on, but a, a lot of people and people who even have worked in, in these hostage uh, situations are looking looking at this scene and going, we don't know if that's fully the case right now because we haven't seen indications and assurances from the government that that is what is going on. I mean, that's not what David Mulroney seemed to have been told. I mean, he would not have gone out and burned the government publicly like he did by disclosing this if he felt like, okay, I've learned that Justin Trudeau is in fact doing a lot to get these guys released. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I'm going to walk back some of the things I'm saying so I can help save those guys' lives. He would not burn the government if he had learned something like that about what they're doing and 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 kept talking like he's doing right now. So I don't know. I wish that was the case, and that normally is the classical thinking about how a lot of this works, but there's no indication. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.